Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Week number 15 of the NFL season officially in the books with the improbable comeback and uh, upset of the Eagles by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I guess that uh, that whole, uh, you know, the Eagles haven't beaten Seattle in 15 seasons thing actually held some weight. I mean, you know, there are people, there are teams out there that just have the other team's number no matter what, like the Bears, for some reason, cannot ever really beat the Miami Dolphins. We always find a way to come up short uh, against those guys. And, uh, you know, like the Bears more times than not uh, beat the Steelers. Like the the all-time record for the Bears over the Steelers is extremely lopsided when the Steelers have been the better franchise for most of that time. So uh, it's crazy. But, yeah, another uh, wild week. Uh, We had 16 full games. We had a... Uh, a, a wild combination of of tight games, close finishes, blowouts, upsets. It was a really good week of football. I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, keeping track of it all. Started out with the biggest blowout <laughs> since the Dolphins beat the uh, Broncos seventy to twenty in like week three or week four, uh, whenever that was. Uh, and and funny from a team that got shut out four days prior on Sunday, they come out and. Bust out the whooping stick with 63 points, and they were up 42 nothing uh, at halftime. I mean, even the even the Dolphins when they beat the Broncos like that, and only scored 35 uh, at the half. So yeah, it's it's it was a, it was a crazy uh, crazy week. So we had Saturday games. We had uh, you know big triple header on on Saturday. All kinds of stuff. I switched a couple of picks. Um, and some of them came back to bite me as they often do. Uh, but I did make the correct choice in some instances. Like I, th- I think initially I chosen the Colts and then I ended up switching to the Steelers because of, uh, you know, TJ Watt coming back and, uh, and some of the names that I like Jonathan Taylor didn't play, uh, against the Colts. And I'm like, okay, it's like, I know that Zach Moss is a good running back, but I just didn't think that that would be enough. Unfortunately, I was terribly wrong uh, about that one. Uh, I did correctly switch my pick from the Packers to the Buccaneers. Uh, something about uh, something about you know, like my instinct just told me to take that one. And I'm upset with my flip flop on Houston and Tennessee because I picked the Titans initially when I did the show on on uh, on Wednesday night. Um, then I switched it to the Texans. Then I switched it back to the Titans, went back to the Texans on Saturday, and then on Sunday morning I'm looking at the inactives and I see Will Stroud, Will you know Will Anderson Jr. and a couple of other names on the Texans inactive list. I'm like, screw this, the Titans are going to win, you know. So I finally switched one time, like for the fifth time, 
I switch to the Titans, and Houston beats them in, in, in overtime. Like, great, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I need there. So let's see, did I do any other flip-flopping? No, that was pretty much it. But I, I changed those three picks, and I went one for two. in one, one and two in those three changes. So if I'd have left everything the way it was, it would have been two and one. I'd have been a game better than I was and have a few more points to uh, to add to the total. And uh, actually, I think, did I pick the Bengals originally? Either way, I picked the Bengals. So if, even if I said the Vikings initially, I picked the Bengals. They ended up winning in overtime, which we'll talk about because that's one of our pick six games. So, All right. So now that we got all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. This is the Week 15 review episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase, presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Oh, man. So, we're all done with the bye weeks, which means we got 16 games from here on out through the rest of the regular season. And, uh, you know, for a full slate, this week did not... Uh, disappoint. I mean, you know, the Thursday game kind of gave us an indication that what a crazy week this was going to be with the Raiders just just absolutely blasting uh, the Chargers. 42 points by the by the half en route to a 63-21 to 21 win, I believe was the final score. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, you know, the implications of that, Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, being fired on Friday morning. No one was really surprised. In fact, if you ask a lot of Charger fans, some of them were probably surprised that uh, Staley made it this far. Not only with the fact that they blew that 27 nothing lead in the wild card round in the playoffs last year, but with the way the season's been going, some of the decisions Brandon Staley's made uh, and everything, it's just it's been a mess throughout the entire season. So for them to wait 15 weeks into the season to finally pull the trigger on, I bet some Charger fans out that out there believe that was a move that was long uh, overdue. So then your Saturday games you had a, you had a um, you had a come down to the wire overtime uh, matchup with the with the Vikings and the Bengals. You had the Steelers and the Colts, which was a you know not that big a deal. And then you had the Detroit uh, Lions just walloping the uh, the Broncos. Bears and the Browns, that's a pick six game, so we'll talk about the ending uh, of that game because as a, as a Bears fan, and it, it, just, it just goes to show I can't take the bait whenever the Bears give me hope because then they'll put on a performance like they did Sunday where they, and this one was, was, was worse because they played well enough to win, but in the end collapsed that they had two prior times in the season with a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, letting the Browns come back and and take that from them, and even then on the final play of the game, the 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 the, the, the win was literally gift wrapped for us, and we couldn't hang on. Then we had some of our upsets. Even though I know the the Bills were favored because they were the home team and the Cowboys are terrible on the road, I still consider it an upset that not not so much that Buffalo beat the Cowboys, but that they just absolutely just rolled the Cowboys. I mean, it was it was bad. So 
Then, of course, you have Atlanta and Carolina. I mean, just why? Why? You know, it's just why, Atlanta? Why would you do it? This is a team that was in first place a week ago. Last Sunday when they played the Buccaneers, they were playing for first place. They lose that game, and then the encore was going to Carolina and losing to the Panthers, only scoring seven points in the process. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. So the Jets are officially done after they got smacked around by the Dolphins. Um, the 49ers clinched the NFC West. The, the Chiefs finally snapped their losing streak. Baltimore is still the number one seed. And then, of course, on Monday night, you had Philly uh, blowing that lead at the end of the game, losing their third straight now um, to be a 10 and 4. So, lots to cover. So, let's go ahead and get started, even though I kind of gave you a giant spoiler alert for the for the All Out Blitz. But let's go ahead and get started as we do in our review episodes with the All Out Blitz. All out blitz for week number 15. We begin on Thursday night in Las Vegas. And the Raiders went from getting shut out in a 3-0 loss to scoring 42 in the first half on their way to a 63-21 route of the Chargers. And the Chargers then fired Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco the next morning. But hey, I picked the Raiders, so I'm cool. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. The Steelers got off to a 13-0 lead in the first half on Saturday. But the Colts went on a 30-0 run the rest of the way to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs, dot, 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 for now. Atlanta at Carolina, good gravy. Just a bright, shining example of how much of a mess the NFC South is. The Falcons, who were in first place a week ago, lost to the Bucs, and now they do the encore by losing one to the 1-12 Panthers when Eddie Pinero hit a field goal as time expired. Speaking of the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Baker Field was magnificent, 22 of 28 for 381 and four touchdowns as the Bucs get back to 500 and beat the Packers, 34 to 20. Houston at Tennessee. I flip-flopped on this pick so many times and I still got it wrong. The Titans wore their old Oiler uniforms only to get outlasted by the actual current Houston franchise in overtime, 19 to 16. Jets at Dolphins. The Jets could not duplicate last week's dominance of the Texans as the Dolphins had a 24-0 lead at halftime en route to a 30-0 win over the Jets. Jets at, excuse me, Giants at Saints. All the gobble in Jersey couldn't help Tommy DeVito and the the Giants. Why do I keep saying Jets? The Giants on Sunday as the Saints went 17-0 second half surge was more than enough to get them an easy 24-6 win over the Giants. Yeah, finally got it right there. Washington at the Rams. The Rams held a 28-7 lead in the fourth quarter, but the Commanders would run out of time before they could come all the way back in their 28-20 loss to L.A. San Francisco at Arizona. Christian McCaffrey ran for a TD and caught two more as the Niners win their sixth straight and clinch a playoff berth along with the NFC West title, 45-29 over the Cardinals. Kansas City at New England. With Taylor Swift herself in attendance, the Chiefs finally snapped their two-game losing streak as Pat Mahomes threw for 305 and two TDs in a 27-17 win over the Patriots. Baltimore at Jacksonville on Sunday Night Football. 
in a game filled with miscues and mistakes by the Jaguars. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens put up 250 yards rushing on their way to an easy 23-7 win. And finally on Monday night, Drew Locke hit Jackson, Smith, and Jigma for the game-winning TD with 33 seconds to go, giving the Eagles their third straight loss and kept them from reclaiming the NFC East after Dallas's loss to Buffalo. Oh, boy. And there you go. There is the week, week I was going to say week 12, week 15 uh, all-out blitz. And, uh, you know, like I said, I probably much pretty much spoiled all of that in the in the open there, but uh, there it was. So, uh, yeah, can you believe the freaking Falcons, man? I mean, I just, I can't get over that. And uh, as I'm peeking over my shoulder, I see that uh, the Falcons have benched Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter again. It just came over the wire here. I'm recording this early on, on Tuesday morning. And, uh, yeah, just came in. Taylor Heineke to start week 16 versus the Colts. Well, yeah. I don't know what they were waiting for. I mean, they, they scored seven points like early in the second quarter and then got shut out the rest of the way. And it's like I'm sitting here, you know how you watch the ticker during the games and it's just like, all right, Atlanta, enough already. You know, it's like seven to three, seven to six. Like, all right, come on, guys, really? This is what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, apparently the elements, the rain and everything that was happening in Carolina, just too much for the Falcons. As Like I said, Eddie Pinero hits like a, a 23-yard field goal uh, to win the game. Uh, as time expires, and it's like, come on, really? This is how we're doing this, Atlanta? What a mess the NFC South is, man. It's They're basically just waiting to get crucified in the uh, in the wild card round by, uh, looks like uh, right now would be Philly, would be the top seed. So, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and dive into our uh, pick six uh, for the week. Four very interesting games that had very interesting outcomes uh, as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Pick six, week number 15, was start in Cincinnati. The first Saturday, the first game of the, the day on Saturday in the triple header there, it was uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati, and then you had Indy and Pittsburgh. We already know how that one rolled out. And then Denver at Detroit was the, uh, the night game, the late game, if you will. And... Um, so uh, it was an interesting uh, a game because it was really back and forth, really tightly uh, contested and uh, made a lot of sense considering the two teams were seven and six, both teams playing with backup quarterbacks. Both of those backups actually not playing badly uh, throughout the uh, football game. Um, you know, there, were, there weren't a lot of fireworks early on. But, uh, you know, it was still a pretty uh, exciting. I watched a good majority uh, of that game on Saturday as I'm pulling up the stats and whatnot. So, but, uh, you know, the Bengals come out right off the bat. Their opening drive, they go 11 plays, 59 yards, settle for a field goal the Vikings in turn go 12 plays 75 yards and score a touchdown and that was all the offense that we got in the first half because uh, the Bengals would go field goal punt 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 end of the half whereas uh, Nick Mullins and the Vikings would go touchdown punt interception interception to end the first half and the Bengals weren't able to do anything with those turnovers 
So it was much ado about nothing, just an ugly mark on Nick Mullins' uh, stat sheet more than anything. And then in the second half, again, keeping with the trend of opening drives, the Vikings come in, bang, 14, uh, excuse me, eight play, 92-yard drive to take a 14-3 to lead. Uh, um, what was his name? Browning, Jake Browning, uh, the quarterback for the Bengals, throws an interception on the ensuing drive, which the Vikings turn into a field goal. And then after that, things really took off. Uh, the Vikings, you know, finished, had gone on their 17 to nothing run after being down 3 uh, nothing. Now the, the Bengals finally come back after that last field goal. Eight plays, 75 yards uh, for that drive. Where'd it go? Damn mouse. Uh, Browning <laughs> hits T. Higgins uh, for 13 yards, make it 17 to 10. They force a quick three and out. Put another touchdown on the board, bang, bang, just like that. It goes from 17-3. It's tied 17-17 about midway through uh, the fourth quarter as Mixon ran it in from one yard out. And it's like, just to keep things interesting, like I said, the fourth quarter was was all the fun because the Vikings answered the game being tied with a touchdown drive of their own, a very quick one, seven plays. 75 yards, Mullins hits uh, Jordan Addison for a one-yard touchdown, and then the Bengals come right back, 10 plays, 75 yards, and Browning hits, uh, you know, T. Higgins again for a 21-yard touchdown, and that was with about 40 seconds to go uh, in the game. Uh, The Vikings go three and out on their next drive. The Bengals kneel on it to finish out the uh, the, uh, game, the the regular season, the Boy, this this is why I don't do this early in the morning. I can't think right now. In in regulation, that those that's the word I was looking for. Good God! <laughs> but I don't I don't drink coffee, so I don't have anything to pick me up and kind of snap me back into reality uh, this morning. They uh, they trade drives uh, in the in the overtime period. Both teams failing to score, which means it's sudden death now. And uh, six plays, forty seven yards in. The Bengals, uh, McPherson, hits a 29-yard field goal to put an end to the ball game, give the Bengals the win, and put them to 8-6. and six. The Vikings fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. Cincinnati propelled themselves into the NFC or AFC wild card. Meanwhile, the Vikings still hanging on to their sixth seed uh, in the NFC at the uh, moment. So, <laughs> so um, the Vikings not affected by the loss. But the Bengals were. The, the win puts them back in uh, to the playoff discussion uh, for now. Like you heard me say during the all-out blitz, the loss to Indy knocks the Steelers out of the playoffs because basically the Bengals, uh, the Bengals jump in and the, the uh, Steelers uh, jump out of the, uh, of the playoffs right now. Let me pull that up real quick. So on the AFC side, yeah, Bengals... Basically, the Steelers and the Bengals flip flop because the Bengals were out of the uh, out of the playoffs, and the Steelers were in. Now the Steelers, like Indy, still the seventh seed because somehow the 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 Bengals went from being like ninth or tenth in the AFC to being the sixth seed. Now they are uh, they're the ones that uh, flip flop, which has a rematch with them and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, coming up, which would be interesting if the season ended 
today. That's your wild card round as Kansas City hosting the Bengals uh, in Arrowhead. I know it's not Joe Burrow, but the uh, the Bengals don't actually fare too bad in uh, in Arrowhead. So that would be an interesting uh, wild card matchup right now. So, but the uh, the Colts with the win over the Steelers, they're eight and six. They're the seventh seed right now, still holding off the Texans and the Bills, who both won uh, this weekend. The Texans with the win over the Titans, like we talked about. The Bills will get to it here in just a minute uh, with their win over Dallas. Uh, on Sunday. So this weekend went about kind of clearing up a little bit of that log jam, whereas before the six and seven seeds were seven and six, and then the four teams below it were also seven and six. Now the six and seven seeds are eight and six, and you only have the Texans and the Bills also at eight and six before the Steelers and the Broncos are at seven and seven. So it's starting to disseminate a little bit. Uh, from what it was where there was this log jam of tiebreakers holding teams in and out of the uh, of the playoffs. You still have four teams fighting for the last two spots, but uh, it's, it's better than six teams fighting for the final two spots uh, on the AFC side. So, but the, uh, the Bengals got the win. They put it up in overtime, and uh, I was happy because I picked the Bengals. <laughs> Denver at Detroit, the nightcap for the uh, Saturday uh, slate. And it was a very quiet, very uneventful uh, first quarter. Uh, Neither team uh, scoring points. There were some, uh, you know, back and forth, moving of the ball. But overall, it was much ado about nothing, you know. And uh, the Lions punted on their first drive. The, The... the Broncos were actually putting something together. You know, they were moving the football, got 41 yards on four plays, and then fumbled the football, giving it back to the uh, to the Bron- or to the Lions, I should say. And after three punts on their opening drives, the Lions then followed it up by scoring six touchdowns over their next seven drives, including five in a row. So their their first three uh, possessions, six plays, punt, three plays, punt, six plays, punt. Then after that, it was three touchdowns to end the first half. So they were up 21 nothing at the half. And then the next two drives in the first half were touchdowns as well. So, yeah, it was 35-10 to 10 midway through the uh, – or at the end of the third quarter, it was 35-10. to 10. So, yeah, or early at the start of the fourth, I should say. That's what it was. Yeah, that drive that was the fifth touchdown started in the third quarter, ended in the, at the beginning of the fourth. Then they punted, and then they scored another touchdown to make it 42-17 to 17, uh, in this one. And, you know, golf threw five touchdown passes. Three of them went to the rookie Sam Laporta, the tight end, who's been awesome for them. Uh, Jamar Gibbs ran for 100 yards on 11 carries, which is nine plus yards a carry. Montgomery ran for 85 on 17 carries, which is five yards a carry. So you can basically say that the offensive line of the Lions was getting it done because Goff didn't, I think maybe Goff got sacked once in the game. Twice. He got sacked twice. But when your running backs are running for 9.9 yards a carry and five yards a carry, 
in the ballgame, you're getting it done up front for sure. So um, St. Brown, Amon Ross, St. Brown had 12, 112 yards on seven catches and uh, a touchdown. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it was just utter domination. The Broncos could not run the football at all. They had 83 yards on 28 carries uh, in the game. Uh, Russell Wilson went 18 of 32, so just over 500 or 50% for the game, only 223 yards. They just couldn't get anything going. Like they would maybe get a couple of plays, and then it would just absolutely get shut down. Um, and, and the thing is, the Broncos only had one turnover. Wilson was only sacked twice. They only had four penalties in the game. So it's not like they were they were marred by a bunch of mistakes or anything. The Lions just whooped them. Plain and simple. So the Lions pissed off about losing that game uh, to the Bears uh, last Sunday. Came out at home in front of their people. Got their 10th win uh, of the season. And thanks to the the Cowboys and the uh, Eagles both losing, they're all even at 10-4 and now. Let's see where that puts the Lions uh, at at the moment in the NFC. Still number, still number three uh, behind the Cowboys, who are still in first place in the NFC East because the Eagles did not win on Monday. And uh, the 49ers are the one seed at 11-3 and three right now, so a game ahead of Dallas and Philly and Detroit at the uh, moment. And it says that the, uh, the Cowboys have a current tiebreaker over Detroit with the winning percentage in conference games right now in conference the Cowboys are seven and three the Lions are six and three so they're half a game better in the win column and that's why Dallas is ahead of Detroit however uh, not this week but the week after week 17 Detroit and Dallas play each other in Dallas which uh, I'm really interested to see because I think that's where Detroit is going to finally kind of uh make either believers or doubters out of everyone, depending on how that game goes. Because uh, the, the Cowboys have basically destroyed everybody in the Jerry Dome this year. They're a perfect 7-0. and oh. It's 3-4 and four on the road is what's getting them into trouble uh, right now. They're, they're, an, they're a below 500 team on the road uh, this season. So they got one home game left, and it's against the Lions, which very well could be for you know that two-seed, uh, in the uh, in the wild card, or um, you know, God only knows. Maybe at the Forty ers drop a game somewhere. It could be for the top seed uh, in the conference uh, as well. So big, big game coming up between the Cowboys and the Lions in two weeks. Uh, be very interested to see how that one uh, shakes out. But I uh, I hadn't lost faith in the Lions. Everyone thought they were pretenders after the way that they'd. Uh, played over the last few weeks and 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 losing to the Bears in Chicago. <laughs> Accidentally hit the button, but you guys heard it. I got the pick right. The Lions beat the Broncos. <laughs> My beloved Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. And, man, what a stress ball this game was, man. I mean, it was the the, the – if you like defense – this was the game for you because uh, the defenses came to play in both of, of these games. There was a lot of uh, 
my th- my theory, my theme or whatever for this game, I uh, put together in my second quarter or at the half knee-jerk reaction in that um, it wasn't so much that the team that made the fewest mistakes was going to win the game. And I said that because in the first half, there were missed opportunities by both teams. Um, Justin Fields hit a wide-open Robert Tunyon for what should have been a walk-in touchdown. Because even at a tight end, as a tight end, he had about three steps on the guy that was chasing, trailing after him in coverage. It was a perfect throw. Tunyon didn't have to lean out and try to dive for it or anything like that. Fields hit him in stride, you know, and it was what a wasted moment because Cole Komet has this amazing block on Miles Garrett. He did that thing that all offensive line coaches tell you to do when it comes to pass rushers. Like, just take him where he wants to go. You know, if the guy wants to go all the way around, then take him around the long way. Your quarterback will step up and make the, the throw. Miles Garrett tried to go to the inside, so Cole Komet got a handful of jersey, and it wasn't holding. He had him good and just drove him right up the field as, as Fields rolled out to the right side, throws the ball downfield to Robert Tunyon, just hits him in the hands and then becomes the juggling act and it falls innocently to the ground for what should have been a a touchdown and who knows how the game has changed in that moment if the Bears uh, have that big pop play because otherwise their offense was really pedestrian in this football game. They only scored 10 points, the offense did and the touchdown that they scored was a bananas drive in the in the first quarter second quarter second quarter because it was scoreless in the first eight plays were run but there were only four official plays because there were four penalties that negated the play so officially the drive was four plays for one yard um that ended with you know and here's how the, the NFL math works. That was a four-play, one-yard drive that ended with a five-yard touchdown pass from Fields to uh, Cole Komet, and the Bears took the early 7 nothing, uh lead. So, yeah. So, But the Bears' defense uh, is still continuing to be disruptive. They forced three uh, turnovers, three interceptions from Flacco. They sacked him four times. They hit him a few more times. Uh, than that, and we had a 17 to seven lead uh, in this thing. You know, we took a seven to three lead into the half where Eberflus elected not to kick a field goal. It would have been a long field goal. It would have been yardage wise on the bleeding edge of Cairo Santos's field goal or field goal range, I should say. It would have been about a 55 yard kick uh, from where they were. And Eberflus was saying because he was kicking into the wind that we were about seven yards outside of his range. So that's why we went for the Hail Mary instead of the field goal. And there are people tweeting and uh, saying that, uh, you watch, we're going to lose this game by three points. And sure enough, we did. Oh, man. But, um, you know, then in the second half, three and out, the Bears have the football, so we give it right back after, you know, three and out. First play of the drive. T.J. Edwards hits the receiver coming across the middle cleanly, and uh, T.J. Edmonds catches the ball as it's floating in the air, runs it back 45 yards for a pick six. 
The Bears followed that up with their last scoring drive, a field goal drive, to uh, to take a 17-7 lead. And then there was uh, another interception, the third and final, by Tyreek Stevenson, which uh, was just an amazing play, number one, for two reasons. Number one, he made a diving play to cut off a throw to David Njoku, who was a beast uh, for them, uh, for the Browns in this game. And it was it would have been a touchdown had Stevenson not made the uh, made the play. As a matter of fact, it, it, the play laid out perfectly for what the Browns were trying to do because Njoku was open, wide open from the snap of the football. Flacco finally gets the throw off, and Stevenson had came off of his assignment of come off his receiver to come diving in and make the interception, and that was the drive the Bears turned into a. Uh, field goal I'm pretty sure it was anyway but um no 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 you know what Stevenson's interception negated the muffed punt by Trent Taylor he had muffed one earlier but recovered it and then in the the third quarter there uh muffed another one that the Browns recovered at like our 20 yard line or something like that so the Browns were poised to uh to score a touchdown if not for Stevenson uh negating that I think it was maybe a drive or so later that the Bears added that uh field goal but we go into the fourth quarter it's 17 to 7 the Bears are ahead and it's fourth and one because on third and eight the Bears run the ball for whatever reason because we we we're terrible running the ball all the but neither team could run the ball the Browns had 29 yards rushing on like 12 attempts or something oh excuse me 18 attempts so 1.1 yards a carry uh in this one and the Bears were a little bit better thanks to uh Justin Fields and, and his scrambling 88 yards on 27 carries, which is still terrible. But a little over three yards a carry in this one. But, you know, Roshan gets seven and a half yards on third and eight. So it's fourth and less than a yard. Uh, The Bears kind of finally run a play that I wanted them to run. It's like the Browns were selling out for uh, the run. The Bears go play action and roll field out, fields out to the right. And what was supposed to happen, from what I understand, what was supposed to happen is that uh, Justin Fields was going to roll to his right and throw the ball downfield to D.J. Moore, who was wide open, by the way. I mean, and wide open to the fact, I mean, he had a defender on his backside, but if, if Fields throws it towards the sideline, there's nobody there. You know, D.J. Moore will catch the ball in stride. It would be an easy touchdown. And instead, what happened was the play got blown up as the um, what was supposed to happen was D, uh, Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore were the two receivers on the outside. Moore was the inside receiver. Mooney was on the outside. And Mooney was supposed to come in and block the defensive back. And instead of biting on the play fake, the defensive back just came. So Mooney did not get a finger on him. And Justin Fields got around him, but that guy was able to just barely get a finger on jo- on Justin Fields' foot, trip him up to the point that he could not get that last yard. He just he he got tripped up and came up short for the fourth down, and that's where it all changed. It all changed from that moment. That's where all the air was sucked out of the stadium for uh, the Bears. Let me find it. Turnover on downs. It was uh, 
minor, but it was a field goal, and that made it a one-score game. The Bears then went three plays and out, and then six plays and out before the uh, the Browns scored another touchdown, a 51-yard pass from Flacco to Amari Cooper as Flacco threw for 212 yards in the fourth quarter alone. Up until then, he and Fields were kind of neck and neck as far as attempts and yardage and and uh, and things like that. But um, you know that put the that tied the game up. The Bears go three plays and negative two yards on the following drive. Give the ball right back to the uh, Browns, who drive the ball downfield and kick a field goal with about forty seconds to go. And then the really fun part was that the Bears start moving the ball again on this two-minute drill where they have no timeouts. And uh, with five seconds to go, we run the Hail Mary again. And uh, this time we were at the 45, so it would have been a 62, 63-yard field goal. So, okay, sure, that's fine. Um, Yeah, go for the Hail Mary there instead of trying to kick an NFL record-type field goal. Um, The Hail Mary gets heaved up there, fields was able to get the ball off cleanly. He wasn't under pressure or anything like that. Gets the ball off cleanly. It it hits into that pile of bodies there in the center of the end zone. Kind of gets tipped up in the air. And as uh, Darno Mooney is falling to the ground, the ball lands and literally lands in his lap. And he couldn't hang on to it. You know, he could not hang on to it. The ball bobbled and juggled. In his hands, just like Tunyon did on that on that first play uh, in the first quarter, and uh, ends up kicking the ball into the air and it gets picked off. Uh, so the it uh, yeah that was it. The Bears lose uh, twenty to seventeen, and this is the third time this season that the Bears have had a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. First to the Broncos, we were up twenty eight fourteen going into the fourth quarter. Then a few weeks ago, we were 26-14 with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter over the Lions. We lost that one, too. And then we had a 17-7 lead going into the fourth quarter against the Browns. We got shut out 13 to nothing to lose 20-17. to Now, guys, if the Bears win those three games, which mathematically they should have because the probability of them losing – one of those games, let alone all three, are, it's, you know, the odds of you winning the game. Like, where is that stupid chart that they have on uh, on ESPN? Yeah, the that win probability chart. With, uh, you know, the play before, uh, the play before Flacco hits Amari Cooper, for the t- for the touchdown that tied the game, the Bears had an eighty three point six percent win probability. One play later, when uh, Amari Cooper scores, it became a fifty four percent chance that the Browns would win. So, yeah, <laughs> it just uh, and this is in the final three minutes of the game, just kind of like it was with the uh, with the Lions. So, yeah. It, it just, we couldn't get anything going on offense, which isn't that surprising considering the defense that we were playing. Fields only threw 466 yards, uh, but he had a touchdown uh, in that one. The two interceptions, both of those were Hail Marys, so it's they weren't like mistakes that Fields made. 
those half those passes get intercepted anyway, so it's not that it's just going to go down on the stat sheet. So, um, yeah. But uh, you know the uh, the Browns are nine and five, still locked in as the top seed in the wild card at number five, and uh, the Bears uh, can pretty much kiss any playoff hopes that they had goodbye after letting this game get away. Because if the Bears would have won, and if they'd have won the other two games like they should have, they'd be eight and six, which means they'd be the six seed right now. They'd be ahead of the Vikings at the six seed at eight and six because Philly and, and Dallas would be 10 and four. And uh, yeah, so we'd be in the playoffs right now and we'd have a game lead on uh, the six seed or the seven seed, I should say. So yeah, we'd be eight and six with Arizona this weekend, Atlanta next weekend, both games in December in Chicago for these two dome teams coming into this, uh, into this situation. And then we go on the road to finish out at Lambeau, which is an extremely winnable game that we had better goddamn win. So, but like I said, curse the Bears for giving me hope after the way that they played against Detroit, after eking out that win over Minnesota, uh, being on a two-game win streak, seeming like they were turning things around, still had a glimmer of hope for the playoffs if you win out because the NFC is a dumpster fire. I go ahead and I pick them, and once again, they let me down, bastards. Finally, Dallas at Buffalo. To put it in the simplest of terms, guys, and I don't want to get too technical with you, so that's why I'm going to dumb it down just a little bit. Not because you can't handle it, but just because you just, you know, put it the simplest way. Buffalo beat the unholy piss out of the Cowboys on Sunday. Is that uh, simple enough? <laughs> because uh, yeah, they. Let me. Here's here's the here's an indication. Buffalo won this game thirty-one to ten. Okay, they were up twenty-one-three at halftime, and you would think that with a a point margin like that, with thirty-one points scored on, uh, against what's a very good defense for the Cowboys that that meant Josh Allen went off. And no, that's not what happened at all. Uh, Josh Allen was just there. He was not injured, played the entire football game, but he spent that game handing the ball off because he was 7 for 15 for 94 yards and a touchdown. That is Josh Allen's stat line for a 31-10 to win over the Cowboys. That's how impressive... This beating was at the hands of the Bills because the star of the football game was James Cook, Dalvin Cook's younger brother, 25 carries for 179 yards uh, in this game. Allen did rush for a touchdown, as did Latavius Murray, so that's where the other three touchdowns came from. But Cook was uh, just, you know, they were imposing their will uh, on the Cowboys. They absolutely ran the ball down their throat dominated this thing throughout and the Cowboys once again cannot figure out the puzzle of winning football games on the road I mean let's take a look at their schedule again real quick it's like number one we all knew that the Cowboys until they beat the Eagles uh well I guess technically the Seahawks but 
you know, until they'd beaten the well, screw it, we'll just say that the Eagles. Until they'd beaten the Eagles, they hadn't beaten the team with a winning record yet. On the road, they beat the Giants. That was week one where they just destroyed the Giants. They lost to the Cardinals in Arizona. They lost to the 49ers 42 to 10. So in those two losses, they lost 28 to 16 and 42 to 10. That's what 68 to 26 combined score. Then they beat the Chargers just barely on Sunday night football, or is it Monday night, 20 to 17. Then at Philly, they lose 28 to 23. Then they beat the Panthers, surprise, surprise, uh, on the road. Their one dominant road win, 33 to 10. Well, actually, I take that back. They beat the Giants on the road, even worse. But And then they were at home for three weeks straight before playing the Bills this past Sunday. So their road wins were against the Chargers, the Panthers, and the Giants, who combined have 12 wins. Those three teams combined have 12 wins right now. So, yeah. And their four losses on the road, Arizona, that's a black, that's a black eye for sure, but the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Bills. So... You know, the uh, the one good thing that happened uh, to the Cowboys this weekend was that the Eagles lost. So they don't, uh, they're still the two seed. Uh, so that means they're still at home up until they play in the uh, NFC Championship game. And, uh, you know, and that's assuming that the 49ers are going to be the, the one seed, which they are, and will host the NFC Championship game, which they will. So, you know. They would have to go on the road to the 49ers where they lost 42-10 to earlier this season. And for the, what, third, fourth year in a row, get eliminated from the playoffs by the uh, 49ers. But uh, if they're the two seed, I would pretty much guarantee you can see the Cowboys in the, uh, in the NFC title game be just based on the way they've played at home. They still have that one home game left against the Lions in two weeks. But they're going on the road to Miami next, uh, next Sunday. That should be interesting. And, um, you know, especially with the way that the Dolphins are uh, very generous in scoring points and everything, that could get away. And the Dolphins run the ball really well with Raheem Moster. Achan uh, is healthy. So they may just take the blueprint from the uh, from the uh, Bills. And it's like, all right, Tua, Tyreek, uh, Jalen Waddle, you guys got the week off. It's the Achan and Mostert show. Uh, this week and, and watch them run for 300 yards on the Cowboys and uh, run away with an easy win. And then they got to come home and lick their wounds against the Lions, who are uh, under Dan Campbell, one of the hungriest teams left in the AFC, NFC right now. So I don't know, man. I didn't believe in the Bills as far. Well, I believed in the Bills. I want them to make the playoffs more than I do teams like Indy or Pittsburgh or whatever. We got half the job done. Pittsburgh is out for the moment. Uh, but the Bills are still on the outside looking in, and uh, but and hopefully this win, you know, will propel them to uh, to keep going forward and and get themselves into the postseason because they're basically like the best team not in the playoffs uh, right now. They have the Chargers. They're in L.A. at the Chargers. That shouldn't be much of a problem. Then they have the Patriots. That should be another win. So we're looking at ten and six going into the final weekend against the Dolphins. And uh, who knows? Maybe the Dolphins will uh, have things wrapped up by then and, uh, you know, they'll play and, and the Bills will win and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. We'll see. 
but it's shaping up well for the uh, for the uh, for the Bills. I mean, because after they lost that game to the Broncos, and they had lost three out of four, or was it like four out of five? Three out of four. They had lost three out of four, and it wasn't looking good uh, for them. And they beat the Jets because I think they fired their their offensive coordinator. They beat the Jets. They lose in overtime to the Eagles. They beat the Chiefs, and then at home they beat the Cowboys. When I looked at that schedule a month ago, I was like, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys? Oh, man, that's three L's right there. They went 2-1 and one and actually probably should have won all three. But uh, so don't sleep on the Bills. They may be banged up, uh, we, you know, missing some key players, but uh, they've got good coaching, and they're still getting it done. So uh, I'm sorry I didn't believe in you guys. Uh, trust me, I, I will be on your side the rest of the way. So there you have it, guys, the pick six for week number 15, and that will conclude our week 15 review episode of the fourth phase. Come back on Thursday when we will have week 16, which when I was a kid was the final week of the season. But thanks to bye weeks and other games getting added to the schedule, we still got a couple weeks to go after this. But 16 games for week 16. Come back on Thursday. We'll get those previewed and we'll break it down. What's the pick six? Who's in the all-out blitz? And everything else as we get ready for Christmas, which is this weekend. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Boxing Day, whatever you got out there. Uh, Happy holidays to you uh, and yours. Come back on Thursday for Week 16 preview of the fourth phase. And until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase, and we will see you next time.